Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a very interesting show today. We're going to be talking about pleasure, and we're going to be speaking with Ja Gottlieb, MD, about his book, Ah, The Pleasure Book. I just love the title. And folks, this isn't just about sex, okay? Pleasure can be found on many levels, including the political level, which is a bit scary, but we're going to delve into that and see what's going on. So sit back, relax, take some notes, and let's step into some pleasure. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's holding you back. But you know, I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, Intuitive Since Birth. I'm a third-generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting-edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and uh, the services that I offer, go to my website, that's MoniqueChapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Dr. Job. Ja Gottlieb, I'll get it right, MD, was born to an Australian Jewish father and Chinese mother and grew up in a white middle-class suburb outside of Chicago. After graduating from college, he backpacked around the world for a year. During a 12-day trek to the Himalayas, he found his calling as a doctor. He received his MD from Northwestern University completed his residency in family medicine at the Community Hospital of Sonoma County, California, and then traveled to China, Japan, and India to study acupuncture, martial arts, yoga, and other ancient practices. Shortly after returning to the States, Dr. Gottlieb established Still Mountain Clinic in Boulder, Colorado, where he provides patients a unique therapeutic approach based on his extensive training in both Western and Eastern healing arts. You can check him out at his website and it's drjiamd.com. So drjiamd.com. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be it's here. It's so great to have you. Um, I love the concept of your book, The Pleasure <laughs> Book. You know, uh, it's like releasing. Even when you say the word, uh, it's like you can feel stress just going away. So how do you define pleasure and why does pleasure matter so much? Uh, yeah, pleasure, This a simple, straightforward working definition is that pleasure is anything that feels good. Okay. okay. And, and 
then what, with that definition, you realize that there are basically four ways to feel good. Uh, the first being physical, uh, then emotional. So the physical is where you get food, sex, uh, creature comforts. Emotional is where you get happiness, joy, love. Mm -hmm. uh, those are pleasures. And uh, the third level is mental. Those are pleasant thoughts uh, that my life has meaning and purpose, uh, that I have enough money in the bank like that. And then when those three levels are well aligned and integrated, uh, we get access to the fourth level, the spiritual level. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have the, the uh, different um, principles, if you will, behind it, but how do we get to the point where we can actually get to that spiritual level? Because based on what you're telling me, it seems like it's sequential, that if you're okay physically with pleasure, that that helps the mental, that helps, uh, I'm sorry, that helps the emotional, that helps the mental, or am I misunderstanding that? Yeah, I think that's right. The, the usual thinking about spirituality in general is that it's somehow up above. Uh, like the heavens above. Uh, we look up to the heavens for our spiritual inspiration. And, uh, and with that idea, then there is the, uh, by association, that the mental, emotional, and physical are somehow lower. Mm -hmm. And so uh, getting rid of the body, uh, the sinful, dirty body, and so forth. And you find that in many different uh, religious uh, per points of view. But from my point of view, uh, you get to the top. I, I think of it as a prism. I call it the pleasure prism with four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Uh -huh. And you, you get to the top, uh, not by going up, but by going down, not by transcending, but by descending. Okay. And it's like, if you want to jump, you first have to crouch, bend your knees. Uh, you have to go down before you go up. Mm -hmm. So going down through, working through, that means cultivating, understanding, experiencing, under, understanding how they work, the mental, emotional, and physical levels. And when that is well worked through, we naturally, spontaneously experience the spiritual. Okay. Okay. In your book, which caught me um, actually kind of off guard, but I enjoyed reading it very much, was right in the beginning when you talk about the uh, book of Genesis in the Bible and how it was changed and how Eve became really perceived not so wonderfully well. Talk to us about that because it truly delves in, as you mentioned in the book, how women are treated today. Yeah, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is for at least 2000 years in Western society, and you find it in other societies as well. So, but I, I really only address the Western uh, civilization since I, that's my own reference. Uh, women have gotten the short end of the stick. I mean, it's, women have been so mistreated for the last 2000 years. Uh, it, it amazes me that they're even willing to talk to men, let alone share their bed with one. Mm -hmm. And it starts, if you look at where does that narrative come from, that point of view, it really starts with Genesis. And, 
if you haven't read it in the uh, Hebrew Bible, I would recommend it in just a few pages. It lays out the whole hierarchy with a God at the top and then a man and then some angels and then men and uh, finally women. Uh, you know, she's the rib that was pulled out of Adam's side. And uh, that's where women are basically uh, demonized. And, and that was not such a strong narrative until about the fourth century CE, when uh, the early Catholic Church was just getting started. And uh, St. Augustine, uh, a great lion of the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. reinterpreted that Genesis story of Eve eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, um, beguiled by the serpent. And that was called the original sin, because God said, you know, you can do anything you want in the garden, but don't eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and so in eating that fruit, uh, we had a fall from grace, the original sin, and it was woman's fault. It was the woman who beguiled, was beguiled by the serpent, and then Eve gave the fruit to Adam. And that's how it, our, and from that original sin, uh, we have all been born into sin, and particularly around sex. Mm -hmm. that's, the fig, that's the fig leaf moment in the Garden of Eden, and they eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and God appears in the garden, and they immediately uh, reach for fig leaves to cover their private uh, parts. And, and then God knows, ah, they have shame. Therefore, they have eaten the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and he flies into essentially a holy rage. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because how would they even know to have shame? <laughs> you know, I mean, if everything is so new and it's just created, it's like, you know, why would it be a shameful act? Um, exactly. And in many cultures, and particularly uh, indigenous cultures, it's not a shame at all, right? Yeah. So uh, that's that's our cultural framework. Okay. Um, you talk about um, pleasure being, you know, it's like the most important thing in our lives. It's you talk about, you know, it's important to have pleasure in our lives, just like it's important to have fresh air, clean water, new perspective. Why do we absolutely need pleasure? In the last chapter of my book, it's titled Renewable Pleasure for a Sustainable World. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is uh, really a powerful way of looking at pleasure as a natural resource, as important as fresh air or clean water. It's something we need in order to be healthy. Uh, we call it well-being, feeling good. And so... Um, once you look at pleasure as a natural resource, it removes it from all of these uh, thousands of years of cultural shame and guilt and so forth. And you look at it just as you would any other resource. And from that point of view, then you might ask, well, okay, if it's a natural resource, where do you find it? Uh, you know, where do you mine it? Uh, how is it cultivated? 
and, uh, and then who is in control of distribution. Uh, and that's where it gets very interesting because uh, pleasure is a natural resource. And, and what is the source of it? Well, ultimately, each one of us, each of us is a potential source of pleasure for another human being and for ourselves. And uh, in fact, I would argue that the highest pleasure, the greatest pleasure is the pleasure one human being exchanges with another. And I call that renewable pleasure because it's the source of it, like the sun is uh, almost uh, inexhaustible. Each of us can be a source of pleasure. So if that's the case, then, then why don't we just give it to each other? Uh -huh. And that's where it actually becomes uh, political because there are the powers that be that control the distribution of pleasure. Okay. But if the powers that be are controlling the distribution of pleasure, what's going on, not just here in the United States, but it seems worldwide today, doesn't seem so pleasurable. Exactly, exactly. And, and this is, as I discussed in that last chapter, um, I believe that our only chance for survival as a species is to move from uh, a traditional fear-centric operating system. That is, most of the decisions we make, if you trace them back, well, why did you do that? And why did you do that? You, you get back to, well, because I was afraid. I was afraid okay. that if I didn't work hard, I wouldn't have enough money. I wouldn't be able to support my family, et cetera. And, and from that fear point of view, it's us against them. Uh, we have uh, competition with other countries, other human beings. We create wars. We create tremendous, tremendous amount of pain and suffering. And in fact, we're destroying ourselves as a species. So uh, the solution I propose is that we shift from a fear-centric point of view to a love-centric point of view, where we uh, see ourselves in the eyes of the other and we exchange renewable pleasure with each other and uh, come to an end of this idea of competition and scarcity. And mm -hmm. literally, we have the ability to create heaven on earth. Okay, even with everything that's going on, I mean, you look, just focus on the United States right now with all of the, you know, like the crime is out of hand, um, there's greed, exploitation, um, I, I think a, a cold civil war between yes. nobles and classes. Um, how do we get out of that fear, say if you know the, the leaders that be, and I don't care what side of the fence you're looking at, if the leaders that be can't come to a resolution to help us, how do we help ourselves? It seems like we're almost at the end of life as we know it. Well, we are uh, in a quickly moving into a crisis situation with global warming. I think that's become really clear to everyone. And uh, the really, the, the truth of the matter is that as human beings, as individuals, the vast majority uh, of people who inhabit this planet mm -hmm. are well-intentioned, 
decent folks. They're just trying to make a living, uh, raise their kids, get them educated, uh, take care of themselves, take care of their parents, etc. And it's only a very small percentage of people who are warmongers, who are uh, obsessed with control, uh, obsessed with power. And the sad uh, fact is that we have traditionally seen those uh, pathological individuals as being leaders and, and we uh, elect them as our president and so forth. Um, and they're the, that's the problem. I think that's the fundamental problem because person to person, like, you know, I've traveled widely around the world and mm -hmm. met many, many people. And they are basically decent sorts of folks that they don't want to, uh, you know, get more than their share. They just want to get by. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really person to person diplomacy and beginning to realize that we have the power to make other people feel good. So let's start doing that. Let's start smiling. Let's start helping each other. Um, and, and let's start voting for people who can empower us to do that even more. Okay. All right, I want to um, switch gears a little bit and talk about the pleasure pain threshold, because it just seems that, you know, you can't have one without the other. And it seems like we're, we're delving into the painful part. So how do we find those little pleasures? I mean, you mentioned smiling at people and saying hello. And yes, that raises yeah. vibration. Um, but, but give us some ideas of how we can get out of the pain or at least recognize pain and get out of the pain and move toward pleasure. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, realizing that pleasure is important and essential to our well-being and nothing to be ashamed of to pursue. That we're, we're all looking for pleasure anyhow. That's point number one. The, so if pleasure is my internal compass to guide me through life, uh, I need to have that compass well calibrated. I need to understand how that compass works. And this is where we get into a major problem because we imagine uh, pleasure and pain to be like a compass. So pleasure is something that we move towards like the North Pole. And we imagine pain is something like we move away, say from yeah. the South Pole, as though the North and South Poles were at opposite ends of each other. Uh -huh. and, and that just turns out to be false. So if our um, internal guidance system is already completely 180 degrees out of whack, it's no wonder that in our pursuit of pleasure, we often end up in pain and suffering, which is pretty much the world as we see it. Um, and, and therefore understanding the relationship of pleasure and pain becomes very critical. And as I like to put it, the opposite of pleasure and the opposite of pain are the very same thing. In other words, pleasure and pain are on one end of a continuum. Uh -huh. And the opposite of pleasure and pain is what we call anesthesia, no feeling at all, a numbness. 
So how that works is we begin to move towards pleasure and, and those sensations have a certain intensity. Uh -huh. And as that intensity builds, we finally come to, to a pleasure pain threshold where if you turn up the intensity too much, you cross over into pain. So that's why pleasure and pain are literally kissing cousins on opposite sides of this pleasure pain threshold. You can think of it as uh, say running or any form of exercise where you begin mm -hmm. to exert yourself. And at first it's like, oh, this feels good. You know, my body's moving, uh, beautiful day. I'm breathing more deeply. My life force is coursing through my body and we're enjoying ourselves. But then if you lean into it more, it gets more intense. And you finally reach a point of where you're almost breathless and going, gee, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm having a good time anymore. This is getting pretty intense. If you uh -huh. keep going beyond that, you get into pain. And if you keep going into the pain, you get into injury and, uh, and eventually die. So finding, understanding that there's a pleasure pain threshold and learning how to play that threshold skillfully to stay why not on the pleasurable side of it? Okay. That's the idea. Okay, great, thanks. Okay, so switching gears yet again, because I know the audience wants to hear about this. What about our erotic desires? I mean, that's a pleasure, you know? Um, Absolutely. To be, in my opinion, uh, looked over, you know, is something definitely to embrace. So, um, Talk to us about that and how do we satisfy that? And um, how do we truly explore what brings us that type of pleasure? Because I think it's individual, isn't it? Yeah, yes, as, as is everything individual and yet we're all part of the same species. So there's certain general patterns. Uh -huh. And for most of us, I would say, uh, the most reliable time that we can access and experience ecstasy, bliss, and equanimity, which are, I call them the three gateways to paradise. The most uh, reliable way to experience those is in the sexual culmination, uh, ultimately of an orgasm. And, and so it's so powerful, the pleasure that uh, it's at the foundation of many of the things we do. I mean, Sigmund Freud identified sex and sexual pleasure as, you know, the uh, North Star, as it were. Uh -huh. and, and then, okay, realizing that, uh, how can we cultivate and, and experience more pleasure, more erotic pleasure? Well, that's where we get back to uh, understanding how pleasure works itself. And, and I have summarized that in what I call the seven immutable laws of pleasure, uh -huh. which you can uh, get a brief introduction to them on my website at uh, drjamd.com, D-R-J-I-A-M-D.com. And you'll see a book trailer it's uh, about two and a half minutes. And it goes through the seven immutable laws of pleasure. Um, and the very first law is the law of original wholeness, uh -huh. which is 
the antidote to the idea of original sin. So yeah, studying pleasure is the key to experiencing more pleasure, including sexual pleasure. Okay, which, you know, is very important, folks. So it's about, you know, discovering pleasure in many different ways. It's not just about sex. It's not just about, you, you know, looking at others and saying something kind. It's about finding your pleasure in just about everything you do. Is that what I'm understanding, Dr. Ja? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and once you understand that there are these four levels, mm -hmm. uh, you can begin to uh, explore and go, okay, maybe, maybe I don't know what pleasure is. Because what I've been told by my parents, who were well-intentioned, but they didn't know anything more basically than you know, right. and, and what my uh, religion taught me and what my civilization has taught me has been flawed and incomplete. So starting from that place of uh, humility and curiosity and going, all right, maybe I don't know what pleasure is, then I can find out. And I can tell you that if you begin to explore what pleasure is, uh, investigate, it will take you on a very fascinating, uh, satisfying, fulfilling adventure <laughs> at, at all levels, yes. physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and they will all come together. And then making love uh, will be truly a spiritual experience. Yes, it will. And folks in the book, at the end of uh, the chapters, um, he has what is called considerations and I call them thoughts to ponder, the what ifs. And if you, there's generally like four or five. And when you read the book and you ask yourself the question, you will find yourself later on during the day or the next day with that thought reoccurring in your head. And it does help you find the pleasures. Recently, there was something that I needed to do and I didn't want to do it. I didn't enjoy doing it. And I thought of one of the considerations in this book and I was like, okay, you can do this and just give it your all because it's something that's necessary to be done. And just approach, I approached it differently as opposed to, I don't want to do it. I hate doing this to, okay, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be at peace with it and put love that's in it. And it was amazing, Dr. Ja, how it all came together so quickly and so succinctly. Yes, and, and that paying attention to what uh, we don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and why am I... Uh, forcing myself to do things I don't enjoy. That's also a very important inquiry. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing that we didn't discuss, and I, you know, you can take this however, which way you want to take it, is our pleasure center. What is it and how can we discover it? Okay. Uh, there are basically three pleasure centers in the body. I'm not talking about the uh, nucleus accumbens, which is the anatomical pleasure center in the brain. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about how we actually experience pleasure in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And there are three centers, uh, the pelvis, which I identify as the ecstasy center, uh, the base of the heart, which is the um, emotional center, or people call it the heart center, 
-hmm. and and then the back of the throat the, this area at the soft palate which is mm -hmm. the bliss center and as you become more familiar with what these three centers feel like and how we use them uh, throughout the day then we begin to uh, learn how to align them and when these three centers come into alignment physically uh, we enter into this spiritual experience so mm -hmm. the pleasure prism mm -hmm. has four levels uh, that come out of the three basic levels of the body and and these actually correspond to the evolution of the human forebrain. So it's not an arbitrary division. And learning how to feel those centers, breathe into them, relax them, that, those are the techniques of increasing our capacity for pleasure. Mm. Okay. So folks, it's out there. If you want to get some more pleasure in your life, it's completely possible. Um, Dr. John, when we go to your website, drjiamd.com, besides what you mentioned earlier, what are we going to find there? I know you have a wonderful blog. Yes. Uh, there's a uh, uh, drop-down section for uh, questions and answers where people who've read my book and have questions, uh, we uh, entertain those questions and record them. And so there are many different topics that I cover in more detail in short, you know, seven to 10 minute segments. Mm -hmm. There's also um, the pleasure report, which is my monthly newsletter. And I would encourage everyone to uh, sign up uh, for that, it, and where I cover all things pleasurable and beyond. And then uh, there's a, a free assessment where you can look at your uh, pleasure quotient, what you, just like the IQ, there's a PQ. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and there are excerpts from the book. Uh, you can also listen to uh, an audible um, clip of the, the book is audible, so you can listen to it. And you can hear a, a free sample of that as well. Okay. Well, folks, the book is Ah, The Pleasure Book by Dr. Ja Gottlieb, MD. Um, the book is just under like 300 and oh, four, four, 350, under 350 pages. But you know what? It reads um, like an intriguing novel. And in that, he even talks about how your body responds to pleasure, pain, and all of the other uh, symptoms and emotions that we're going through. So um, if you're interested in pleasure at all and looking to increase the pleasure in your life, this is the book for you. It's not scientific, although it's written by a doctor. It's not scientific. It's very lay-friendly. And he explains in clear detail, just as he's done on the show today, how you can go from being grumpy frumpy to wonderful and pleasurable and um, not only pleasuring yourself, but providing pleasure for all the other people around you. Because in my opinion, pleasure is the same as love. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Okay. okay. Well, Dr. John, thank you so much for being with us. I greatly appreciate your time today. Monique, it's, it's truly been a pleasure. Thank you. 
You're you're welcome. And to the audience, thank you for being with me. You know, I honor uh, your time and your attention. And I want you guys to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of discovering your awe, your pleasure. Upon the blessings, light, and love to all. Agape.